0: Thursday evening edition skulls here and my good pal Mackenzie Irwin Sam Firu to Mark and LLP ST Law is where Mackenzie hides out most of her days helping people just like you you can always uh, reach out to Mackenzie to discuss your matter because there's no dumb questions when it comes to employment law and uh, having your job at risk or otherwise maybe it's just a simple question about severance you want to ask Mackenzie or her team behind her you can do that no problem that is uh, 1-855-821-5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca that's the reach out to Uh, contact and we'll get to this the top five situations that trigger employment law disputes in just a minute but we always start off with the case of the day something you've been working on pal what do you got
1: yeah um, i don't know about you but employment law this summer has just been we've been busier than ever and um it's non-stop usually we see things quiet down a little bit over the summer but that's certainly not the case this summer where we're really inundated with calls and um really helping people out with their with their employment law disputes. So uh, I spoke to uh, a woman this, this week in her mid-50s. Um, she worked for her employer for about 18 years as the general manager of a boat dealership where they sell boats and trailers, and she was the general sales manager. So she was in charge of, uh, of managing six sales associates. Um, she earned a base salary, but the majority of her income comes from commissions based on a percentage of all the boat sales and upgrades and accessories, etc., trailers that that they sell. Her commission structure was on a on a sliding scale, so the more she sold, the higher the percentage uh, of her commissions. Mm-hmm. Um, and recently, the dealership was sold to to new ownership. The new ownership took over in. Uh, I, th- I believe in May and uh, she continues to work for them. The new ownership says, you know, we agree. We're going to recognize your previous years of service. And that, and then, you know, a few months into working for the new ownership, the new owners come to her with a new employment contract that, uh, that they want her to sign. So. This new she she calls me because she originally just wants me to review the new employment contract and give her an opinion on on whether she should be signing the new employment contract and I want to stop and just say that there is never an obligation once you've been working there it should be a red flag if your employer is asking you to sign a new employment agreement in the middle of employment you should have that reviewed so she came to me prior to signing. I looked at it. This contract, uh, I mean, there were many issues with it, but um, one of the most notable ones was that it was actually um, changing her position from general manager to sales associate. Mm. So it was demoting her from the management position to a sales associate position along with the six uh, sales associates that she was previously managing. So... These were a huge, substantial change to her to her her employment. Um, it was a demotion. It removed a lot of her management duties and responsibilities, but it also came with a reduction in pay. Now this new contract is purporting to change the commission structure from this sliding scale to just a standard five percent of all sales and totally removing the sliding scale. So. Not only does she have a, a, a very strong constructive dismissal claim when they've demoted her from general manager to sales associate, but she has this additional grounds for constructive dismissal because they're now changing her compensation. Um, her compensation, you know, her her commissions—they were a substantial part of her of her income. It was it was um, almost 40% of her of her overall income. So. This just goes to show, you know, there's a, there's the importance of having any new contract reviewed by an employment lawyer before you sign. Uh, when your employer asks you to sign a new contract when you're already working there, that it should be that red flag that, oh, no, I need to go speak with an employment lawyer pr- before I sign. Um, it also kind of... Speaks to the importance of coming to an employment lawyer immediately mm-hmm. rather than sitting around and waiting. If your employer's made any substantial changes to your, to your employment, whether it's your compensation, your position, your duties and responsibilities, um, you, sh- you need to speak with an employment lawyer as soon as possible because if, if you're, um, if you're going to, continue working under those conditions you're going to put yourself at risk of of um perhaps agreeing to those terms it's called condo- condoning condonation of those terms by continuing to work when they've under the the yeah. changed conditions so it's a it's really important and you you speak with us before you take any of those drastic steps some people think oh no they've made a substantial change to my job i should quit no you should hold out speak with an employment lawyer first we can help before quitting because sometimes you're not quite there and we can help you navigate what that situation would look like
0: i want to grab a quick call uh, mackenzie before our break and in that regard get uh, zach on the line here hi zach how are you pal
2: hey, I'm, I'm good thank you good what's on your mind hey so i have a family member they were let go recently um they offered a, a severance package um which is great but there was some um, issues prior to that about um, partial bullying and harassment. So, I we don't know if um, the, the severance package is good enough to accept, or if we should proceed further um, in relation to the uh, bullying and harassment prior to the uh, to letting being let go.
1: So, do you know? Um, was your family did your family member um, file a complaint about the the harassment and bullying?
2: Yeah, they they raised it twice, and um, they had oh,
1: wow.
2: provided provided it in written format, but as a letter. Um, so it was all documented, and then on the second instance, uh, they provided evidence just to kind of back up how they felt it was harassment. Um, but when that happened. Um, uh, they had to go on sick leave because of the harassment, came back, and they were let go. Um,
1: oh, boy. Uh, so, Zach, absolutely, um, you should have your family member contact uh, contact us and, and schedule a, a call so we can connect offline. Um, absolutely, they, she sh- they should be having their severance package reviewed in general, but certainly if they've been terminated after filing a, a harassment complaint, This could be considered reprisal for um, filing those complaints, and uh, they could be entitled to either an an increased severance package um, or additional damages for, for the way that this employer has handled this termination. Absolutely, they should connect.
0: Zach, appreciate the call, pal. We're going to uh, let you go get into our first break here and come back with our main topic, Thursday night edition Employment Law Show. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to It's Schools here. And Mackenzie Irwin from San Fury to Mark LLP. I'll always reach out after the show and beyond to Mackenzie and her team, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. All right, let's get into our main topic for the remainder of the show. Top five situations that trigger employment law disputes. Number one, when the employers mislabel employees as independent contractors. Why? Oh, maybe to save a little money. How about that?
1: Yeah, this is one this is number one for a reason. So, it's one of the most <laughs> common issues we see in employment law, honestly. Um employers do this for many reasons. Most of the time, it's to save money so they don't have to provide them that employee with their statutory minimum entitlements, you know, they don't have to pay stat vacation pay, etc. But Sometimes it's because the employee asked for it, you know, the employee wants to save on taxes, incorporate and, um, you know, use it through a business. But the courts don't really care about the label or what the contract says. They're going to look at what the actual relationship is. So how the work is being performed, how much control the employer has over that worker and then they're going to make a determination that way. So the vast majority of em- of people who, of employees who are independent contractors are actually employees or dependent contractors. What's the difference? If you're an independent contractor, you don't get severance. Um, you just get whatever's laid out in your contract. Um, but if you are a uh, dependent contractor or an employee, you're entitled to severance, and it could be up to you know 24 months of pay. So. Regardless of whether the employer or the employee requested to be an independent contractor, nine times out of 10, they're, they've they're been mislabeled um, and they're actually an employee. So it doesn't come up until the employer really decides to terminate or end the contract. Um, and when they terminate, they provide them with the notice in accordance with whatever agree- agreement they have. Sometimes that can be nothing. Um, but it's incorrect because they're actually entitled to their full severance and, and if uh, you're finding yourself in this situation, you should be reaching out um, and you are You could be entitled to severance of up to 24 months of pay.
0: But a lot of people, maybe listeners who think they're contractors now are going to say, yeah, but you know, I have an agreement with the boss, we're buddies, we have a handshake deal, I'm, I, I don't mind being an independent contractor, he likes it, I like it, so why does it matter?
1: Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter until it really only really comes up when the employer terminates the agreement. So either terminating you, let's say you've been an independent contractor for 15 years, Mm -hmm. same employer, you know, when all of a sudden your, your employer is going to, uh, terminate the contract and they're going to say, you know what? The contract that we have says that I only need to give you a week's notice and here's, here's a week's pay buddy. Good to see you. You know, this has been swell, (laughs) but, but, uh, but that's down, all you're right. owed. Exactly. So, and, and so you could be walking away from up to 24 months of pay in that situation.
0: Plus, there could be CRA implications, too, if you haven't been filing taxes the right way, so on and so forth, right? It could be pretty nasty.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that as well.
0: So we're talking top five situations that trigger employment law disputes. Number two, when employers resort to termination for cause much too soon, or as we say, they pull the trigger on it way before the time they should, right?
1: yeah terminations for cause you know we call it the capital punishment of employment Mm -hmm. law it's only to be used in the most exceptional of cases and as a last resort after you know less severe punishments have been considered so it's one of the most important uh, employment law issues because employers often believe that they have cause for terminating an employee and then they pull the trigger too early They need to, those employers need to be regularly consulting with their employment lawyer prior to every termination to make sure that you're providing with proper severance and minimizing your risk of that employee filing a wrongful dismissal suit. This is typically a quick call um you know it could save you thousands of dollars down the line i can tell you in 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 you know five minutes uh whether you actually have cause to terminate that employee and that could save you thousands of dollars in legal fees and severance down the line so when it comes to terminations for cause reviewing this with an employment lawyer before you pull the trigger is essential um, because if you improperly allege just cause, you're not only exposing yourself as an employer to um, to severance, owing that employer sever- employee severance, but you may also be exposing yourself to paying additional damages that could be hundreds of thousands of dollars just because you improperly asserted just cause.
0: A lot of what we talk about on the show, by the way, you can find at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. i spent some time reading the stuff on that website. It's built for you to get smarter and get the knowledge that we talk about on the show uh, every night as well. Uh, situation number three is this, when an employee is terminated right before their bonus is due or their shares are scheduled to vest or maybe that big commission payment supposed to come in if they're in sales too, yeah?
1: Yeah, this is one of the easiest and yet most common wrongful dismissal issues that I see. People often come to me with what, what on its face may look like a pretty decent severance package, but that employee's compensation included a pretty significant, I you don't know, yearly bonus or commissions or shares. I've had clients where these shares or bonuses, they made up more than 50% of their annual compensation. So it's pretty, they can be pretty significant. But their employer's letting them go and the severance package that they're offering doesn't include anything for those shares or that bonus or those commissions that they rely on to make up that significant portion of their income. Usually, the employer is saying something along the lines of, you know, you're not entitled to any bonus or shares because the contract says that they needed to be employed at the date that they're supposed to pay those bonus or those shares are supposed to vest or what have you. Mm -hmm. You know... (laughs) Employers often unfortunately do decide to terminate these employees just before their bonus or their commissions are due or their shares are scheduled to vest in order to cut costs. You know, they're not they're going to avoid having to pay that those bonuses. That is a very costly mistake because not only is that employee likely very likely owed that bonus and those shares, but now they have a claim for additional damages for the employer trying to avoid paying. So you know if you've been let go and your severance package you know it looks okay on its face but it doesn't include something significant like your bonus or your commissions or shares you shouldn't be signing anything and you need to speak you have that package reviewed as soon as possible You know, I've been able to help thousands of employees. My firm has been able to help um, to obtain those severance packages that that they're owed. And that could mean, you know, you could be walking away from hundreds of thousands of dollars in bonus entitlements, share options, Uh, you know, those share options could be worth a lot of money down the line. So you want to make sure that you're signing and accepting a package that properly compensates you for those additional uh, compensation uh, items.
0: And I guess in the sales situation too, you might be talking things as far as a car allowance or maybe a cell phone, they're paying for a bunch of things, your tools that you would need. That's all going to be part of your compensation package too, is it not?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Benefits, any kind of um, car allowance, cell phone allowance, any of those things that are are part of your regular compensation package, those should be included in your severance package as well
0: talking about five situations that trigger employment law disputes. Number four, when an employee is fired while on a parental leave, even if it's for legitimate reasons, how about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, this one, I'm I'm still shocked that this one still comes across my desk so often. I'll say it once, I'll say it a million times. (laughs) Employers just don't seem to get the message. You need to leave your employees alone while they're on a parental leave. That is a very... It's a sacred leave you get to come back you don't don't fire them don't reassign them don't permanently fill their position with their temporary replacement just don't touch those employees that are on their parental leave parental leaves are one of the statutorily job protected leaves where you're legally obligated to hold their position while they're off they could be off for over a year so when you, when they come back, whenever they decide they're ready to come back, you have to return them to exactly that position when they're ready to come back. That means while they're off, employers have no defensible, I mean, there really is no defensible reason to terminate their employment. Um, employers can't possibly know what the circumstances will be when that employee is ready to come back to work. So even if you've kind of gone through a restructuring during the leave, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that the employer, um, you know, they may may not have that position available to them when that employee is ready to return to work. But they are, um, you know, when they are ready to come back, the employer has a legal obligation to, if their exact position doesn't exist anymore, um, to offer them a similar position um, that is is at the same pay rate. So it really is shocking how many people come to me after being fired while they're on that paternity leave, um, or they're told that their position is no longer available to them when they come back, or even better, when they're returned to work and their position is completely changed. Um, for these clients, I'm not able. I'm not only able to really negotiate their full severance, but they're also really entitled to um, additional human rights damages. So, um, these are unfortunately a very common issue in employment law.
0: Last trigger is this one, and that is when employers use a series of like fixed-term contracts to minimize their termination entitlements. Like you know, we, this happens all the time. We like private school teachers yearly, yearly contract, 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 right?
1: Right. Yeah, it's it's shocking how often I see fixed-term contracts misused. You know, fixed-term contracts should only be used in certain situations, for temporary hires. When they're, you know, you're, um, you need an employee. You need to hire someone to complete a certain project or to cover for a leave of absence of another employee. They should not be used for employees who will need to be, uh, who who are going to be needed for an indefinite period of time. Um, The vast majority of those fixed-term contracts are actually, especially when they're in a series of fixed-term contracts year after year, they're actually indefinite contracts in disguise, and the employers do that um, to minimize their termination entitlements to you. I've seen some files come across my desk where, you know, the employees signed a series of, you know, 12 or 15 years of continuous, <laughs> um, service and they just yeah. keep signing a new contract at the start of every year. And so 15 years in, now the employer decides, okay, you know, I want to end the, end this employment and they're going to only provide you with the one or two weeks or whatever's, um, outlined in that fixed term contract. And, and, and you're absolutely, you're owed more than that those fixed-term contracts aren't worth the paper they're written on. You're entitled to your full severance pursuant to your full years of service with the company. So you're talking those, like,
0: like what, one or two, maybe three contracts, and it's like, no, it doesn't matter. Uh,
1: it, it depends, yeah. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. if you're in the 12 or 15 years, it's a stronger argument, but certainly, I mean, if you've signed more than two, three contracts in a row um, and there's been continuous service, so there's no break in any employment, you haven't been off for a long time. So those are the situations where you're, you know, you're actually entitled to much more severance than whatever's laid out in that contract. And if you've been fired under a fixed term contract, you should be getting that severance package reviewed because oftentimes you may be walking away, leaving some, uh, some, some money severance on the table
0: want to get a uh, quick email in here from Julie. and says, guys, my employer found out that my colleague and I are in a romantic relationship and that we did not report the relationship to HR contrary to their workplace romance policy. My boss had a meeting with me and told me that I could resign or else they would terminate me for cause. I love my job and I don't want to resign, but do I really have any options?
1: Yeah, this is a tricky one. So, hmm, uh, resign- in terms of the resignation, your employer can't force you to resign. Uh, resignations must be voluntary. So if your employer is giving you some sort of ultimatum, you know, resign or we're going to fire you for cause, mm-hmm. resign or we're going to do this, uh, that should be a red flag. You've got to get that situation. You got to speak to an employment lawyer. A true voluntary resignation means that you're giving up your right to any severance that you're owed. Um, you're owed nothing. You're walking away from everything. So workplace relationships especially if they're consensual even if it's contrary to workplace policies not just cause for julian's termination so julian should certainly be reaching out and and connecting so that we can review the situation in more detail but if they're going to terminate you for cause they can't force you to resign but if they're going to terminate you for cause this is again one of those situations where it's likely not um, rising to that level of just cause for your termination and you're entitled to some severance
0: and that will be it julian i hope that answered your question if not you can follow up with a phone call tomorrow if you'd like and mackenzie is done for now as well you want to reach out to here's a couple ways to do it email help at employmentlawyer.ca you got pocket i mentioned that website before it's free it's anonymous it's built for you to learn lots more and then, of course, the phone call, one 821 We'll catch you next time in the Employment Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.